I'm a pretty good shot, um, and uh, I used to go to the gun range quite often. I don't, quite honestly, because it is so. It's like it's just like setting money on fire now. Um, and you know, I I care about my precious ammunition, but I need to keep my shooting up. It's a perishable skill. You need to be accurate. If you're not familiar with your gun, if you're not ease at ease with your gun, you're not going to be able to do anything with it. 94% of shooters improve their shot within 20 minutes by using something called Mantis X. It's a Bluetooth device. You put it on your uh, the barrel of your gun right underneath, and uh, you shoot either dry fire or live fire. It connects to your phone or your iPad or whatever, and it will show you in real time exactly what you're doing to that barrel. And then it shows you how to fix it and correct it. You will, I mean, I, I was blown away at how good of a shot I was after not being in a range for about a year and a half and only using Mantis X. I, I, I couldn't believe, I think I was a better shot than the last time I went to the range. Start improving right now with MantisX.com. That's MantisX.com. What made America the most successful country in world history? How is it America changed everything? Why does so much money or did so much money come rushing into America and stay here for investment? Why? What makes us different? Three words make us different, and it's not we the people. Three words make us different and put us at the top and we are at the edge of losing it and once you lose it it's gone forever you don't put you humpty dumpty sat on a wall humpty dumpty had a great fall we're humpty dumpty and all the king's horses and all the king's men could not put humpty dumpty together again that's what this means if you break this thing apart you're not putting it together no matter what. You're not putting it back together. What are those three words? I'll tell you in 60 seconds. Patricia lives in Michigan, and for quite a while, she was convinced that the pain she was living with was just a product of her getting older. Damp and rainy days were the worst. Sometimes if the weather was bad, she could barely function at all. She started to get really depressed about it. Then she heard me talking about relief factor. She writes, my pain is gone. I don't have trouble on rainy days anymore. Well, great. You can move to Seattle. All that inflammation just went away. No, I'm kidding, uh, Patricia. Don't don't move to Seattle. Relief factor. It exists to give you back the life you love. So if you've been living with pain in your life and you're ready to try something to get rid of it, please 
Give Relief Factor a shot. The three-week quick start, 1995. It's a trial pack, not a drug, but it was developed by doctors, and more than a million people have bought Relief Factor's quick start, and about 70% of them go on to order more. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-the-number-4-relief. 800-the-number-4-relief. Get the 1995 three-week quick start. Relieffactor.com. Feel the difference. Okay, I'm going to give you a hint on what those are by giving you the, these three stories. Let's start here. Senior level CIA officer told House committee leaders that his agency tried to pay off six analysts who found SARS COVID 2 likely originated in the Wuhan lab if they changed their position and said the virus jumped from animals to humans. It's according to a letter sent Tuesday to the CIA director, William Burns. Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic, the Chairman Brad Wenstrup from Ohio, Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, Chairman Mike Turner, also from Ohio, requested all of the documents, communications, and all pay information from the CIA's COVID discovery team. According to the whistleblower, at the end of its review, six of the seven members of the team believed the intelligence and, in sci- and science were, submis- were sufficient to make low-confidence assessment that COVID-19 originated from a laboratory in Wuhan, China. One out of the seven said, no, I, I actually think it jumped. The whistleblower further contends that to come to the eventual public determination of uncertainty, the other six members were given a significant monetary incentive to change their position. Wow. Know what three words are yet? How much, how much would you sell your opinion on something that important how much would it cost to make you go yeah you know what okay i'll go along how much money would they have to give you next story the repeal provision that has been slipped into the medical board of california reform bill in the recent weeks They can't find anyone who will take credit for throwing it in. California's COVID-19 medical misinformation law, which threatens the license of doctors who deviate from a fluctuating scientific consensus in conversations with patients. Nobody like this. It's right in front of the the, uh, appeals courts right now. It was signed in law a year ago. Now, they're passing another law, and there's a provision that was added to Senate Bill 815, which makes changes to the Medical Board of California, uh, and nobody knows where this came from. The lawyers for a set of doctors who have received the preliminary injunction against the law in, in January said... We've talked to all sides that they nobody was talking about changing the law. Nothing. Thursday is the last day to vote on bills. It has to be passed by both chambers. No opportunity for public input or debate. 
nobody, they're asking, the press has reached out, who reversed that? No one. Now, somebody obviously did. And what was their intent? Why did somebody sneak something into a bill and then want to cover their tracks so no one knew it was them? Why? You know the three words yet? Former Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio claimed federal prosecutors tried to coerce him into implicating former President Donald Trump in the January 6th Capitol riot. Last week, U.S. District Judge Timothy Kelly sentenced Tarrio to a record high of 22 years in prison Despite the fact that he wasn't even in Washington, D.C. It's not that he was was not in the Capitol or on the Capitol grounds. He wasn't even in Washington. He said, quote, I don't know what instructions I would give to somebody at that point. I'm not speaking. I have no function. So there was no communication when he was asked about, well, how did you coordinate it all? I, I don't even know. Tario revealed federal prosecutors tried to coerce him into implicating Trump during a phone interview from the D.C. jail to the Washington Post. I was looking and seeking what the plea offer would look like, right? They didn't want to give me a number. I need a number. To me, the most important thing is, you know, when do I get home to my family? Instead, Tario said, the prosecutors asked him what role the then President Donald Trump played in getting the Proud Boys to attack the Capitol. He said the prosecutors, accompanied by FBI agents in the Miami jail where he was being held at the time, showed him messages that he exchanged with a second person who in turn was connected to a third person who then connected to Trump. Tario said, I I don't even know the third person. I, I don't, I mean, what are you talking about? He refused to name the people who prosecutors say allegedly connected him to Trump. He said they weren't trying to get to the truth. They were trying to coerce me into signing something that's not true. He said prosecutors in Miami last fall did not ask him about Roger Stone, a longtime Trump confidant who was an acquaintance of Tario's. Uh, Ali Alexander, promoter of Stop the Steal. He said the federal visitors didn't ask him questions about his knowledge of January 6th. Beyond the theorized connection to Donald Trump, there was never an open-ended question after that. Prosecutors did later offer Tario a deal, 9 to 11 years, if he pleaded guilty to seditious conspiracy. He said no. So what are those three words? I mean, I could go through again the impeachment. I could go to the escape killer in custody after two weeks on the run. Who is that guy? Why was he in prison? Who is he? The reason why the United States is as successful as it always has been, why people put their money from overseas into our banks and our businesses, why we've always been a safe haven from the rest of the world. Rule of law. That's it. That's it. 
our constitute the average constitution lasts 17 years the let me say that again the average constitution historically lasts 17 years we've had one since 1776 and for as screwed up as things have become prior to the year 2000 we all knew that there were, you know, lobbyists and special deals cut and everything else, but we didn't stop it. And now you are seeing what happens when there is no rule of law. The guy in Pennsylvania, how's that a rule of law? Question. He was tried and went to prison. Then he escaped. No, no, no. Shouldn't have been here in the first place. He came across the border. He was an illegal. Came across the border. Rule of law it's easy uh the proud boys leader how did he get 22 years he wasn't even there well because they had to create a think crime they had to go on a theory that somehow or another he coordinated things from out of state even though they had zero evidence That case should have been thrown out. But see, we're going after ideas now. We're going after the, you know, bad orange man or, you know, bad MAGA group or whatever it is. If you're part of that idea, if you like those ideas, well, then you must be bad. So we can do what we need to do. The ends justify the means. There is no rule of law. How is it that California, that they should not pass this bill? And I'm, I'm, for the, I'm for the actual addition to the bill in California. I don't want anybody to be able to you know, lose their license because they disagree with a consensus. No. But who changed that? And why? Why? The CIA. We have the worst pandemic that we've had since when? 1918, maybe. Our reaction to it made it much, much worse. And we still don't know any of the answers. We have we had a law. You cannot do gain of function research. Can't do it. Can't do it. It's against the law. Our CIA, our Pentagon, our doctors at universities and Fauci's people. They did it. They did it over. And and Fauci knows that because in an email that Rand Paul has in that email, he talks about before anything happens that this is gain of function, the gain of function work that we're doing. Well, so they knew. But they wouldn't tell you. I have no problem if somebody makes a mistake I have no problem. But if somebody makes a mistake and they shouldn't have been doing it in the first place, those people, because of rule of law, need to go to jail. You can't predict anything. Money comes here. Business comes here because it's predictable. You play by these rules and it doesn't matter who you are. 
You can't bribe the judges. The government won't have it in for you. That's what made us successful. Justice was blind. It's no longer that way. That is honestly why the impeachment and the investigations in the COVID uh, origins, the investigations into January 6th, they are not what the media tell you. They're, they're, they're just not. It's, it's not political. It's not anything. It should be the number one priority of every American. I don't care how you voted. You could love Joe Biden. You should be for that because you would want, I mean, the impeachment of Donald Trump. We did the homework. Now, the media didn't, but we did the homework and we showed it to our audience. If you're new here and you didn't know, I can show you that he was innocent of anything that they said he was doing. Innocent of it. Joe Biden should have that same opportunity, shouldn't he? Because if Donald Trump would have done something to break the law, he should have gone to jail or at least been impeached. If Joe Biden is laundering money through his family and using the office of vice president or president to help our foreign adversaries and now laundering money through Ukraine, it has to stop. Otherwise, there is no rule of law. Kevin lives in North Carolina. He writes about his dog's experience with rough greens. He said, I finally decided to try this, seeing the, the ads uh, over and over and listening to you talk about it every day. Well, I mean, you could be a little more nice about it, Kevin. Um, seemed like a lot of hype, but I'm pleased to find out that everything is as advertised, Glenn. My four-year-old dog, Picky Eater, not anymore. She's had a huge increase in appetite. We also gave it to her younger sister. She loves it, too. They play all day long, now until they collapse and fall asleep. Thank you, Rough Greens. Rough Greens is not a dog food. It's a supplement developed by naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black, and you sprinkle it on the dog's food. Folks at Rough Greens are so confident your dog's going to love it. They're going to give you the first trial bag for free. You just pay for shipping. Just go to roughgreens.com slash back or call 833-G-L-E-N-N-33, 833-GLEN-33. Call them now, roughgreens.com slash back. 10 seconds, station ID. Okay, now let me show you someplace that we should be celebrating today. This should be the number one thing that we are spreading and complimenting and saying thank you. Here's a state where the rule of law seems to matter. And I can't believe it's New Mexico. The New Mexico attorney general came out yesterday and said he will not defend the public emergency order by the governor restricting gun rights. He said, I recognize my statutory obligation as New Mexico's legal chief, uh, legal office, uh, chief legal officer uh, to defend the state officials when they are sued in their official capacity. My duty is to uphold and defend the constitutional rights of every citizen. And that takes precedence. I do not believe this emergency order will have any many meaningful impact on public safety. But more importantly, it does not pass constitutional muster. Now, here is something that happened yesterday that, again, they deserve praise for. 
I have no idea because I don't watch CNN anymore, and maybe she's very popular. Um, but there was an interview done on CNN with the governor of New Mexico. And she was talking about, you know, gun violence and everything else. And uh, she was asked by Poppy Harlow. I don't know who she is. But Poppy Harlow said, okay, so, but do you have the constitutional right? And she said, quote, it's not for police to tell me what's constitutional or not. Really? Okay. Did you check with your own attorney general? But Poppy said, okay, well, I mean, you keep saying you have the right, but where is that right? Then she tried to dodge that question. She's talking about abortion rights and the NRA and Supreme Court rulings and everything else. And Poppy had had enough and she pulls out. Now, remember, this is CNN. This is today or yesterday. This is in our world currently. (laughs) She pops out the New Mexico Constitution. This is a fact. Most Americans do not know their state has a constitution. That's how bad things are. This woman on CNN pulls out the New Mexico state constitution and she reads New Mexico constitution. I looked it up last night. Article two, section six says this. No law shall abridge the right of citizens to keep and bear arms for security and defense. No municipality or county shall regulate in any way for any incident the right to keep and bear arms. Are you not in violation of both the U.S. Constitution and your state's Constitution? She said, well, you're reading that very narrowly. (laughs) No, no, I'm just reading it. Um, It doesn't need to be interpreted. It's pretty clear. Finally, she said, what if a Republican governor of a state declares a health emergency and unilaterally outlaws abortion in that state where the legislature had not done so by statute? Following your logic, would that be sound? She said, well, no, that's what I'm doing is protecting everyone's rights and they would be restricting rights. No, no, you are restricting rights as well. And by the way, in that one, you're just restricting in uh, the abortion one. You seem to forget that there's the right of the child. But I digress. Congratulations to the county sheriff, John Allen. Congratulations to the chief of police. Congratulations to the attorney general of New Mexico. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but Poppy from CNN. I don't even know who you are, but I think I love you. The Glenn Beck (laughs) Program. Tuttle Twins, that'll ensure her firing probably later today. Sometimes uh, something can both be a blessing and a curse. In fact, I think everything is a blessing and a curse. It just depends on what you do with it. Your kids' and grandkids' minds are incredibly flexible. It's a blessing because they grow to learn so much as they grow into adults. But it's a curse for the same reason, especially when the people we've entrusted to teach them have nefarious purposes. Connor Boyack, he's the author of the Tuttle Twins book. He met with thousands of parents and identified their top concerns. Most teens need more confidence. They need leadership skills, work ethic, critical thinking, persistence, problem solving. Connor put together a series of 89 short, actionable tips that your teens can begin using immediately to improve their lives and start seeing long-lasting benefits. This week only, you can get this book, Tips for Teens, 
When you order the Tuttle Twins Teen Book The Tuttle Twins Teen Book Bundle. Tuttle Twins. Confident you're going to be so uh, happy with these books. They have a money-back guarantee. Get them now. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. That's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. There's a brand new Glenn TV on tonight right after a brand new Studios America. Don't miss it back-to-back. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. Mike Lee next. Real true defenders of our Constitution and the rule of law are becoming more and more bold in what they will say um, because they know that it is a rigged game. And I'm guessing have tried to fix it for a very long time and have no other options other than to just spill the beans clearly. Mike Lee is a good friend of mine. He's also um, the uh, senator from the state of Utah, uh, and he has been speaking out about the corruption in Washington and especially the spending for years. Um, He just did a a tweet thread here that is remarkable. Let me just give you a couple of them. The formula has been quite consistent for years. A tiny group of leaders, which I refer to as the law firm of Schumer, McConnell, McCarthy and Jeffries, privately negotiates a draft spending bill. Some would say with more input from lobbyists than most members of Congress. Uh, That bill is kept as if it were highly classified secret until days, sometimes hours before a spending deadline. That is the moment the government will run out of money, resulting in a shutdown unless Congress passes another spending bill. It's not unusual for some power, powerful lobbyists to know more about what is in the bill prior to its release than most members of Congress. As soon as it's been released, allowing most members of Congress to see it for the first time, lawmakers in both chambers are told you've got to pass this right now without any changes in order to avoid a shutdown. Lawmakers who want time to read and amend the bill and to remove excessive and inappropriate items in the bill or add new items wrongly omitted from it are told that would be nice, but there just isn't any time for that. Lawmakers are told, essentially, you've got two options here. You can vote for the bill or you can vote against it. Yes or no. No amendments. Your choice. But know this. If you oppose this bill, you're going to risk causing a shutdown and you'll be blamed if that happens. Thus, many members quickly acquiesce to these intimidation tactics, uttering as if reciting a mantra, rehearsed phrases like this bill isn't perfect and the process was totally unfair, but... I voted for it anyway because I care about the troops and I hate shutdowns. What a hero. Never mind that the bill spends too much money. Never mind it funds countless things like voting yes, that um, countless things those voting yes publicly oppose. Never mind that for all, uh, uh, never mind that for all most of Congress knows the bill might fund giant monuments to Benedict Arnold, King George III, and Millie Vanilli. They're in. Nobody wants a shutdown. Literally, no one. And it's bad for the country, and Mike Lee is here to tell us what to do about it. Hello, Mike. It's good to be with you. And that, that was the most extensive quote tweeting at base Mike Lee has ever received. So <laughs> thank you for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, you are, um, I mean, you're you're not one to... Um, name names usually you you you're much more 
um, I don't know, kind than naming names and pointing fingers. And you like to try to get along with everybody as much as you can while still standing for principles. This you are you are exposing the whole game and naming names here. Why? I'm doing it because it's destroying our country and I've done everything I can internally. Normally the way I like to solve problems in any organization, including the United States Senate, is to work internally to persuade people. I've done this for years and the process has continued the same. And so it's, it's important to make sure that people understand this and to make sure that the American people demand something better, something different from those they elect to make their laws and to spend their tax dollars. This is unacceptable. And it is, make no mistake, this is what has landed us to the point where we're $33 trillion in debt. This doesn't happen by accident. It happens through this magic formula, which needs to end. But here's the thing, Glenn. What I point out in this thread is that this will continue because it works for those who engage in it. It especially works uh, for the, uh, the, the law firm, as I call it. Uh, and the apparatus of appropriators surrounding the law firm. It works for them. They grow more powerful every time they do this. But that power is accrued at the expense of the American people, especially the hardworking, poor middle-class Americans everywhere whose tax dollars are spent recklessly and whose own dollars spend uh, have less buying power every single year because of that excessive spending. It will continue until people no longer vote for crap like this. And so that's, that's why it's so important to talk about it, because well, people need to reach out to their senators and their congressmen and say, do not ever, ever vote for a spending bill that you haven't read, haven't had the opportunity to understand, had the opportunity to debate uh, under the light of day and amend to improve the bill. You Don't know, do it's, it. it's really funny because that's what Barack Obama ran under. He said, hey, you're going to be able to read the bill. You're going to be able to know what's in it. Transparency, transparency, transparency. And he's the guy who started uh, this kind of uh, spending and rushing these these bills through um, without any debate, without any amendments, um, and just one lump sum. Didn't the House, I thought the House was supposed to pass like 12 different budgets or 12 different budgets for, you know, defense and one for homeland security, et cetera, et cetera. Did they do any of that? Yeah, so they, they were supposed to do that. They promised to do that. They should have done that. And so far, they have passed only one. Uh, the one that they've passed is called the uh, Milcon VA bill. It deals with uh, uh, veterans issues and military construction. So I, what I'm advocating for is that since the House has passed that, that's the one that we should take up in the Senate. We should take that up and debate it and discuss it over here. And if the uh, House passes more, we take those up and debate, discuss, and uh, pass whatever we can pass out of those. We should do that as the House passes this. If they need more time, we can perhaps give them some extensions of a few days or a few weeks at a time while they complete their work. But we should never, ever return to this practice that I've seen played out over the last decade or so. Uh, This is unacceptable. So... This is why we have the huge deficit. This is why spending is out of control. This is why the government has money to do all kinds of really bad things because nobody is it's just all lump sum stuff. Um, And it keeps growing uh, every time we pass a bill every year. The same thing. So um, 
what can be done here, Mike? First of all, is there something that the House and the Senate can do to make sure that I don't care if you close down the government, uh, you know, just make sure that people get the money, you know, the uh, Social Security and, and our, our pay is going to our soldiers, et cetera, et cetera. But the rest of government, I don't really give a flying crap if you close it or not. I prefer you do. Is there anything that we can do for essential spending, pay our bills? Yes, uh, there are things that we can do on that front. And there's there are a number of legislative proposals that I've advocated for for years to deal with this kind of situation. One that I really like is a bill called the End of Government Shutdowns Act. Uh, my friend and colleague, Ron Johnson, the senator from Wisconsin, has been pushing this for a long time. And I stand with him in that. It would do essentially as you described, explaining that if we reach the end of a spending period and there isn't a, uh, a, a new spending bill passed, that the bare essentials that you described would continue to be funded, but that you'd start to see uh, some cuts, that we, a gradual ratcheting down of government spending over time, such that the default is not a full shutdown, but the default is you have gradual cuts that are imposed unless or until Congress can come up with other spending. You see, it's these scare tactics. It's the combination of the spending cliff, the expiration of the spending deadline, coupled with the fear of being blamed for a shutdown that causes people to be willing to vote for things they would never otherwise vote for. And so uh, we should pass reforms like that. That would help a lot. But look, I mean, just look at what has happened over the last decade. We, we have increased our national debt substantially uh, uh, over, over the last, uh, by, uh, by $12 trillion just over the, the last few years. And this is crippling the American people. The, the economic numbers out today reflect that. The inflation numbers that come out on a regular basis show what happens when we have no, uh, no break on the spending, when we have no limit to what we spend because we just print more money. Milton Friedman used to describe this as the true rate of taxation because that's the true cost yes. of government. When you spend too much, it's just a backdoor invisible tax. Mike, maybe I'm too cynical here, but uh, I worry that McCarthy uh, started this impeachment inquiry um, as a as a I don't know carrot and a stick. For those who are standing, you know, for the budget, because what he's going to say is, well, we're going to have shut down government, which will mean we're going to shut down this inquiry. Am I being too pessimistic? Yeah. Cynical. So I, I, I do worry about that, too. The reason I worry about that is that starting about two weeks ago, I started seeing members of uh, Republican members of Congress going on TV, saying things that sounded kind of like that, saying if we. If we have a shutdown, it could shut down investigations into the Bidens and so on and so forth. Now, look, again, be clear. No one, literally no one wants a shutdown. We should do everything we can to avoid a shutdown. That is not the objective, and it's something that we try to avoid. But to use that as a scare tactic to say that we absolutely positively must pass uh, any spending bill that the Democrats demand, that's like walking into a car dealership. And saying, I'm going to buy this car, darn it. I don't care how much you charge me. I will not leave without buying this car. That's how you get taken to the cleaners. That's how you end up walking away with like a $150,000 Toyota Tercel. 
uh, is when you do stuff like that. And that's the way we do it here, especially as Republicans. So we, we have no business saying that. And we can walk and chew gum at the same time. There's nothing that would stop Congress from continuing its inquiry into the Bidens. Right. If if the government uh, tragically were to shut down. And so, uh, look, if we can get to a good deal, we should pass that deal and avoid a shutdown. But there is absolutely no reason to use that as uh, some kind of an excuse uh, to not do our homework here, because it simply isn't true. Okay, so, Mike, you said tell your elected lawmakers in Washington to oppose any spending bill that they haven't the opportunity to read, comprehend, debate and amend. Um, do you guys even listen to the phone calls that come in anymore? Does that do anything? Well, I do. I don't, I don't know. I don't know who else does what, but I, I regularly check in with my staff to find out what people are saying. And I know I'm not alone in that, uh, in, okay. not in the house, not in the Senate, not among Republicans so or Democrats. If we call and, and say, do not pass a continuation bill, do not pass any of these bills unless you've read it. Uh, and you've discussed it, and you've not done this in a hurried way. We don't want any of this. We want you guys to do what you're supposed to do and actually write a spending bill or several of them and pass that. And we don't care. We'll stand behind you if, if the, the, as you call them, the law firm shuts down the government. We will stand with you. Right. Exactly. And that's and that's a great way of putting it. I would add to that, at least in the Senate, look, each house is a little bit different. But in the Senate, there's no excuse ever for people voting for a bill. Not only if they haven't read and had the opportunity to debate in public, but also uh, each member needs to have had an opportunity to offer amendments and to vote on amendments to improve the bill. And there's no reason why they can't do that in the House, too. Uh, because that's the thing. Uh, part of what's so pernicious about this going is they write this thing in secret. Well, with the help of lobbyists, to be sure, but uh, in secret, it's guarded as a state secret within Congress. And then they roll it out as a in this hermetically sealed case and mm. say, you can't touch it. You can't penetrate. It, you can't change anything about it. You can't amend it or improve it. You can't cut anything or add anything. It's done. That's wrong. And if they do that to us, we should vote no. Now, keep in mind, this is not too much to ask. Nor is this even asking for a specific budget amount. Hopefully, we will get to the point where yeah. we won't spend more than we have. But this is the best first step toward getting to that point. We will never get to the point where we stop spending too much unless what? or until members vote no without the adequate opportunity to read, understand, debate, and amend each bill. Mike, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Jay. Senator Mike Lee on the budget and this is going to be the battle for the next uh, few weeks and of course you're an extremist if you think that we should actually you know what they're doing is the same thing there's got a group of five people who are the elites and they're telling everybody else what they have to do take it or leave it you're an extremist if you don't i want to uh remind you that there are now thirty-eight thousand u.s veterans experiencing homelessness our heroes On the week of September 11th, the anniversary, the people who signed up to protect and serve us, these people are now living on the streets, sleeping under bridges, lacking the basics that you and I enjoy. I don't want the government to do more. I want us to do more. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation is committed to helping these people who have sacrificed so much for our countries and our freedoms. 
The Homeless Veterans Program, providing housing assistance and services to vet who meet the program's requirements. Last year, they helped out over 500 veterans. This year, the number is expected to be over 2,000. We can't let those who honorably served our nation suffer this fate. Can you help? Will you help? $11 a month is what they're asking at Tunnel to Towers. This is a highly rated charity. I mean, um, I think it's like 95 or 98% of the money goes directly to the cause. This is really a good charity. Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org. If you can spare it, you'll do a lot of good. $11 a month, T2T.org. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Next hour, the economic news. Uh, It's not good, but you already know that. But let me tell you the truth about what the actual numbers are. You will understand why your dollar is not making it to the end of the week or the end of the month. 